welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. And I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. I'm really excited because I'm joined by quite a few members of our game group today. Len? Hello out there in podcast land. Baracha, who actually is the one who made the music for our intro of the podcast. Oh, I play Bracha, the noble and beautiful Hyperborean. And Light, the light-fingered thief. Hello, listeners. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good, but I hear that Light is having an internet connection issue, so he had to call in. So things may not sound I the had same. to call in from phone. Yeah, and punching about like 50 digits just to get into the call. <laughs> so it may not sound normal, but we'll be back on track as soon as the internet repairman shows up in time. Yeah. So we're talking about Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. We played a game of it. Yay. Light DM'd it. What did y'all think? Awesome. Thought it was great. It was fast. It was fun. Well, the adventure was very not, I didn't feel rushed when we played it, but it was pretty short one shot. A lot of times with one shots, you feel like you're trying to truncate things of what you're running. It didn't seem like that as a player. I didn't feel that it was being truncated. Light, as a DM, could you talk about that? I know we talked some to, to Mike Evans, the creator, about some of that. Yeah, sure. So we played Barbarian of the Ruined Earth, and the module that we played was Raid on the Blizzard Bunch, which was a one-shot short that Mike Evans had released on his blog so it was meant to be able to finish in one night and several hours and so we played the game for about you know three hours able to finish it you know we had multiple encounters that were all off randomized tables so it was you know easy to run uh very easy to play because this is based off the black hack system and you know it was i don't know maybe five or six encounters that we ran and it, we were able to start and finish and you know be able to complete everything in one night so that was good I just need to, real quick, I forgot to say something at the beginning to all my listeners. I want to make it known that, just so that they were transparent, that I didn't actually pay for the books. They were sent to us. So I just probably should be upfront about that. But I was excited to play it. I liked it a lot more than I expected to, 100%. I really enjoyed the system itself. I thought it was a breeze to play as a player, and I picked up on it really quick. Same. It there wasn't any like, anything too complex. It was just very straightforward dice rolls. I didn't have to try to add or subtract anything. It was just very, very fast and very smooth to get through fights and get through confrontations. I think the speed of the system is why we got through the adventure as quickly as we did. Uh, there was not a lot of agonizing. There was no rule page flipping and combat sort of was what it was. So it's pretty quick to get through it. Uh, uh, which lets us really just kind of ride that goofy pony all the way home. So who did everybody <laughs> play? I played uh, a human street urchin, Olivia Twist. I played D4QP, a robot who was a, a what was the, what's the term I'm looking for? I'm not, I wasn't a, uh, I was a diplomat. You weren't a protocol a... droid. You were, you were a <laughs> diplomatic droid. <laughs> I thought it was hospitality. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> And I was Rower, a beast man that was either a beast man 
or a person stuck in a mascot costume. No one could really tell. <laughs> we had some other, you know, players that aren't on the call with us that played, you know, like a death priest and um, a barbarian as well, too. So we did have, a, you know, several other players in the mix. We had a very, what's the word I'm looking for for the barbarian? A very courteous barbarian. That was a really fun character to have in there. I, I enjoyed it. After action report, anybody have any specific thoughts on the system or the game itself? Would you like it? Go on. I'm, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I fell in love with Black Hack when I read it. In fact, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, more than the actual Black Hack, is what inspired me to do some stuff on my my own and it was great to see it in action from the player side um i thought it worked real well and what i would love to see is how the system uh, uh carries you know if we were to be higher level you know at level three and level four and level five uh I see how it all kind of sticks together but it there's times when you read games and you think it's going to work one way and you get it to the table and suddenly the rules kind of car crash into each other and you're like this isn't anywhere near as smooth as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and uh, uh, Black Hack uh, and specifically Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, no, it keeps its promise. It makes a promise when you're reading it, and it keeps that promise when you bring it to the table, which is nice. And the, the game that you're talking about that inspired you is, is By This Axe I Hack, which is essentially, could you explain that if, if listeners aren't familiar with that game? It's a Black Hack Conan. It's, 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 you know, Conan and, and Elric with the serial numbers filed off, but it was, it wasn't the Black Hack, it was absolutely positively Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. I read that and I'm like, God, now I have to do one. So, so, <laughs> so it was absolutely just the energy and enthusiasm that Mike brought to uh, uh, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, 100%. And it's a nice light read too. Like he wrote, it's a, it was fun to read which is nice. I like the, the flair and the flavor, uh, the names, the characters and the things that were popping up was very much reminding me of Saturday morning cartoons, reading the back of a cereal box when I was a kid. <laughs> what, were, what was the, the main, the main villain? What was her name again? Was red. What was red, it? Red hot Sally. Red hot, red hot Sally. Sally. I would laugh so hard. When we got red hot Sally. I was like, this is great. It really gets it really gets kind of a feel for that kind of stuff that if you watch cartoons in the 80s that were, you know, pretty much a bunch of action figures fighting each other on the screen. <laughs> and you liked that kind of thing, which I think a lot of folks in our age group were into that stuff as it was coming out. This might be a thing that would interest you. Yeah, for sure. A lot of the characters, descriptions the items that you found were very much Saturday morning cartoon. You know, we had people that were trying to bury um, stinky, poopy minds that would just, <laughs> you know, when they explode would smell like farts, you know, and you take some like, you know, fart damage, whatever it is, as well as the players found some uh, exploding hedgehogs, which I think uh, Baracha, you were trying to keep them as pets, weren't you? Yeah. I was trying to keep them from pets and the uh, death priest kept on taking it because he was going to use it. <laughs> As a weapon, not as a pet. Well, <laughs> right, they were they were hedgehog grenades, correct? They were yes. exploding hedgehog grenades. Yeah, I mean there were a lot, you know, living hedgehogs that could be used as grenades. <laughs> they were hedgehogs that had the misfortune of being explosive, 
whether or not you call yeah. them hedgehog grenades says more about you, Logar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the poor hedgehogs. I mean, hedgehogs are, are good for exploding. For some reason, I keep on picturing porcupines when we say this, but I got to remember this was a hedgehog, which is a little more uh, guts and innards and less quills coming out. <laughs> a little bit more furry and soft. This was definitely a, a, for those who know it, Thundar the Barbarian. Uh, this was Thundar the Barbarian in the role-playing game. I don't know. When I heard that there was going to be a book of Boba Fett coming out, I'm like, they already did it. It was called The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was the Boba Fett show. We don't need a Boba Fett show. <laughs> well, if they ever come out with a Thundar role-playing game, you don't need it because Mike already wrote it. And it's called Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. I I got to say that I think my favorite thing about this whole game is that black hack system. I loved how easy it was to run. I wasn't asking many questions. It was like, literally the system is like, you get your your basic stats that you're familiar with from D&D. If you've played D&D, it's pretty approachable. Only it's streamlined down to the point where everything's just rolling under your stats, your strength, dexterity, constitution, etc. That's like 90% of the game. <laughs> it's easy to pick up on, easy to run. You're not asking what to add and stuff like that. They use advantage and disadvantage to make things easier or more difficult. And from my perspective as a player, I picked up in two seconds flat and was running with it. It wasn't hard to, I wasn't confused or trying to figure something out or reading on my sheet for different things. We just went with it. Yeah, I thought the gameplay was very smooth and very balanced between role playing, acting out our characters and, and combat and everything just felt very smooth and natural. Like I, I never had a point where I was struggling to figure out what should I do or what should I look at? It was just very natural. Yeah. So for this is, you know, for the black hack system, you know, the side note, you know, we're probably going to try out a play uh, by post with uh, Cthulhu hack just because the system is, you know, so streamlined, we think we could probably get away with playing by post. And then I think Baracha is looking at maybe running like a cyber hack game in the future as well, too, which is also written by Mike Evans. So we'll be playing cyber hack hopefully here sometime, you know, in the next quarter or so. What is the cyber hack called? Is it called cyber hack or is it called something else? Um, so I think Mike Evans, the version he wrote for, you know, cyberpunk genre, I think it's called cyber hack. So we'll actually be um playing um something that else that mike evans wrote yeah i've been reading through that uh dancing under neon signs of bullets and then also reading up on mirror shades and all of them seem to be black hat black hat based so i, I know i've looked at the black hack original game this is the first time i've had to actually play in a black hack game or we've had to even run one at our our table is actually it's virtual because COVID we went a lot of virtual and then they, we could have people from Florida and, and, and West Virginia and, and, uh, or Virginia and other places join Virginia. us as well. Cause we're up here in Ohio. <laughs> so worked out good. And I'm just going to say like, when it comes to the game, the strength is the strength of the, of the black hack I can see is just a positive it's rules light it's not convoluted and it can work for a lot of games i can see that but the strength of barbarians of ruined earth itself is i feel the setting and the ideas in it the arch phenomenal i don't have the book in front of me right now because light has it uh, because light ran it but i'd like to talk about the art and the stuff like that 
in the book itself. Yeah. So, Len, do you, do you have barbarians as, as well too? Yes, sir. So you know, we were Mike had mentioned that you know the three lead characters that he had created uh, that are on the cover of the book, you know, are also are sprinkled throughout the uh, book itself. You know, um, I had the soft cover version that Mike had uh, sent to Logar to play. And, uh, you know, again, has really different styles of art that is really cool. You know, some of it reminds me of some of the workboard quirky style as well as, well as some of the Saturday morning cartoon style of uh, his three leads from the cover itself. Len, any thoughts on the artwork of the book? Yeah, the artwork is a very, um, how do I describe it? Um, if the OSR artists had been instructed to do a Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> game uh, and had easy access to color printing so you could have everything in color, uh, the art that we have in this book is what the what the result would be. So if you want a sort of hyper-realism or whatnot, that nah, doesn't fit there. There's a definite kind of cartooniness and color to it, not just in the art, but in the sort of art direction and layout, the formatting itself, all that kind of supports. There's a definite feel to the book that the art and the colors and everything uh, uh, gives. Um, and that feel makes you want to play the game as much as the game itself does. So I think it does a great job sort of all working together. And then, Lynn, was this the first time that you had played uh, Barbarians? For, yeah, absolutely. In fact, while I've, I've run my own black hack, this is the first time I've played someone else's. So I'm going to say that with this game, what I really liked was our combat. I don't know if it was the system or if it was just the setting and feel and all the stuff, like like the, the entire mood. But our combat to me, like I was just picturing Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo stuff while this was going on, these absurdities in my mind. I could just see this stuff playing out. Just everything that was being described, it perhaps wasn't as, like, when some of these things happened, I could definitely see it happening in that format as opposed to, like, something more brutal and realistic. It just conveyed that feeling to me. I don't know if it was 100% the system, 100% the, the environment or the, the, the dungeon master or the game master, I think it may have been a mix of all. <laughs> yeah, I think the environment setting definitely lends itself very easily to a more Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, I know when I initially was writing this this adventure itself, I was still, you know, I run Hyperborea normally, so I still had a little bit of a grim style um, perspective in, in the game versus more Saturday morning cartoon. So, for example, when one of the characters said uh, his character had a skill to block missile missile attacks and red hot sally you know spoiler alert has flamethrowers so he was asking could it block could he block fire from a flamethrower and you know initially i said no but then i was like well you know what if it's Saturday morning cartoon we've seen scooby-doo block and dodge fire we've seen bugs bunny do that before right so yeah <laughs> we should be able to use your character skill and dodge and block a flamethrower <laughs> i mean the actual flames right so what was it a tree or a pillar that that your uh your len what was it a tree or pillar you used to th I, I tore a structure i asked if there was a structural support beam or column somewhere in the building and i tore it out because the beast man has a special ability which is like allows them once per hour to just do some ridiculous feat of strength you know because the beast man is uh, uh 
designed around Ukla the Lock from Thunder of the Barbarian. So I tore out a support column uh, and then sort of crushed two goons or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, you know what? When we did it, we were very tongue in cheek inspired by the style. But <laughs> for anyone who's interested, you can, the, the game doesn't tell you it has to be cartoony. Sort of the strength of the Black Hack is it's very mashable. And, and, and so you could easily play this as the most serious Rift style game ever if you, if you wanted to. You know, we're a goofy bunch, but that doesn't mean the game, you know, and the artwork maybe supports that, but that doesn't mean the game has to be that way. I, I, I think that our group really kind of thrives in the Saturday morning cartoon realm sometimes. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> I think that we have a group that can really do justice to Saturday morning cartoons when it comes to playing. Just my personal opinion. Nope. Lucky for you, I bought Davy and Goliath, the role play. Oh, there you go. <laughs> How many people are even going to get that? Right? Oh, I don't even. <laughs> so, you know, that definitely something that, you know, Len mentioned, you know, for the game itself, we played it as a very Saturday morning cartoon, but. We could you could play a little bit more grim, similar to um, as Mike mentioned, you know, inspired also by like the Mad Max Fury Road movie, which is you know definitely a lot more grim than uh, your traditional Saturday morning cartoon or the Thunder of the Barbarian. So definitely could be played in multiple styles. So some of the magic items too add the flavor. I know that my so my character was D four QP. And I was just one letter off for C-3PO. I played a robot. And I, as, a, as a, uh, a courtesy or communication droid or whatever it was, I, I kind of had this image of one thing. And by the end of it, looking at the stats, I had my strength was my best asset. <laughs> Eventually, I got a huge jaw. What did the jaw do to get? It gave me some kind of ability. Oh, it, that was the uh, cybernetic jaw that you guys had found. So the cybernetic jaw is pretty much like um, what was that He-Man villain character that had a big, big jaw? Trap jaw, baby, trap jaw. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was similar to that. You know, you get attached to your, to your uh, character and get like a bonus attack with this giant jaw. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, and I haven't seen Thundar since I was young, and. I was never too big into He-Man, but I do have memories of watching it as a kid and like it very much. Some of these things that popped up put me in the mind of those shows and I can see, oh yeah, this is definitely modeled after this or that. You can see some of the characters they could have pulled that from. I appreciated it. It's a lot of fun. We haven't done a full campaign. Um, but we're planning on playing some more. Is there anything anybody would like to see in, in playing a few more games of this? Like, Yeah, for me, Cyberpunk was the next world I want to uh, play. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of using Black Hack and trying to even do a maybe Cyberpunk campaign, depending on how well the one shot goes and how we all feel. But like, I've always been hesitant with Cyberpunk because it can get really crunchy, but looking at the black hack rules for cyberpunk it looks very fast and it felt like this is the right time to do a cyberpunk campaign and uh uh for me uh you know my wearing my designer hat i know that i made uh, uh some tweaks to the black hack because of some comments about how the characters can get fairly powerful fairly quickly so i kind of try to cap and limit that and i would love to see uh you know if that plays out that way if we ran the characters 
in whatever system, black, you know, cyber or or this or whatever, you know, at third level or fourth level, and kind of see what those characters look and feel like at that level. Yeah, because uh, Len, the skill buy system that you had developed for by this axe I hack is something that I really really like because you can take your quote unquote experience points as you level up and invest those in new skills versus just increasing your attributes. And so to your point, you know, by level three. Are you at like, you know, 15 to 18 score <laughs> and all your attribute points have be- become too powerful? But, you know, buying skills is something I think is a really good idea. So it's something that I would like, like to implement if we do Barbarians again in the future. I'm going to put this out there. After playing this game and seeing the stuff that's out there for it and talking to Mike, I don't think it's necessarily a game that's 100% intended to do a big, massive, epic campaign. And that's that's just not what it I don't think that that's what what this game is. If I think that where this game's strength lies is we're going to do an occasional game when we can get to it and have some fun with it. Not really pushing to get my 15th, 20th level, you know, it, it, that's I don't think that's where the strength lies or the intent of the game. And I think that's good because a lot of folks just don't have time for a campaign that's going to go for five years it's it's we're gonna play it now we're gonna have some fun you can do a little campaign it doesn't have to be you know with it if you like like i think was said when we spoke with mike was i can play once a month and i got a couple hours i think that's where the strength lies you got limited time to play you're like oh i can never get a full game group together this might be the game for you to look at if you're having a hard time getting something regular going this would be a great game to say, okay, I'm going to run this game and we're going to able to do it this week and maybe we can get together next month. There's not the pressure to have all these intricate worked out character sheets with feats and everything else and all the extra bells and whistles. You can just run a few quick games with it and maybe have a shorter campaign. Maybe it's okay to do a shorter campaign or even just play it three, four, five, six sessions. I think the strength's there. Any thoughts? 100%. Absolutely. This game shines in that. Um, but I wouldn't want people to think that they couldn't use Barbarians for a longer game. Yeah. You absolutely could also. Um, I think its strength is absolutely that it's so much fun in just the one shots or the pickups. But if you wanted to do Barbarians of the Ruined Earth and do you know, a game where they go from level one to five or whatever, um, I think you would enjoy it at every step of the way. So it's one of those, I think that strength, which you're 100% right, doesn't take away from its ability to actually be played in the other way as well. I think it does both. Oh, I agree. I agree. I kind of wish I had this growing up as like an introductory into role-playing games as opposed to getting <laughs> into like straight into some of the crunchier systems. So like I felt like this would be a good way to introduce and ease people in into games that they've never role played before. I think that's I think that's I 100% agree. If you're that's the other strength I think there is here too. If you're bringing people to the table who haven't role played before or you're looking for a fun game to get someone who's maybe willing to give it a shot but not necessarily is into wanting to make this long drawn out process. Maybe they're not ready to commit to a full game. They don't know what it's like and they're just curious. Also, it's a great system for that, I think. It's a great game for that. Number one, 
It's got a lot of fun Saturday morning cartoon things. People like to have fun when they're role playing, especially if you're new to it. You're not run, You don't necessarily have to come in with the most serious of things. I mean, you could. You could take this and do a big serious Mad Max Fury Road game. It's definitely got feeling the feel of that type of thing. It's, it's at a weird place between the post-apocalypse with fantasy in there and everything else, like a He-Man or something like that, or Thunder the Barbarian. So it's a great game for that kind of stuff. And it's a great game to start folks new with because they're not going to be, okay, you know, how do I do this again? How do I do this again? Most of the time, I'm assuming that the mechanics will be picked up much quicker than the most editions of Dungeons and Dragons that I've played. I've ran a lot of them and I've had to explain things over and over in a lot of them. I don't think you're going to have those issues when, if you're running Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. And I think that the tone is of the actual setting and the characters that you can choose to play from have plenty of flavor that really fit it into that, that it works and it gets you kind of in the, in the zone. Where, oh, this is fun. We got hedgehog bombs blowing up. We got giant jaws for our magic items. What other, what other weird, bizarre Saturday morning cartoon things did we run into? Cause I know there is a lot more than just red hot Sally. <laughs> yeah. I, I was annoying Brett kid on the Saturday morning cartoon, so annoying the hell off everybody. Yeah, the, the character <laughs> classes are fun. The urchin is one of the classes, the, 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 little, the little kid. That's just, that was fun. It was neat. Did you happen to ask Mike where the death priest came from? Because this was so Saturday morning yes. cartoon. Yes, so, so I'm not going to tell you where the death priest came from. You're going to have to listen, because he goes in a, quite a bit of depth in the in what we recorded. Um, actually, it'll be yesterday's episode because I'm pretty sure that the, the episode where he was on will be on Saturday and this one will be on Sunday. Maybe it'll get switched around, but that's what I have planned for right now. So before this comes out, Mike has answered that question. And I think it's an interesting answer. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I want to butcher it and try to articulate it. Excellent. As long as it gets answered, that's excellent. Because the other characters, I can kind of be like, where did they come from? The Vec is a little bit like out there, but I'm like, that's all right or whatever. But then there's this like, I'm Thundar, I'm Ariel, I'm Uka. Right. <laughs> and there's this death priest over there in the corner, just like looking shifty. And I'm trying to like stand between him and my kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. So he does explain, you know, the death priest and the Vec in terms of what the inspirations were or the backgrounds for them. So um, excellent. We will clear to that. And he did talk about some of the, there are expanded classes as well on his blog that he's released as well too. So um, obviously we didn't use any of the new classes, but there are additional classes on his blog. We need to go, we need to go check that. I need to go check out what the expanded classes are a little more. I'm curious to hear about that. I've been to the blog a few times. I need to be, I need to maybe go dig a little more. Great game. So as we're coming up on time here in a little bit, I just want to ask all y'all who played your final thoughts, what you would say to the, to the listeners about this game. Buy it. Mike is a terrific guy, so buy it regardless, even if it were a terrible <laughs> game. Um, but as it happens, it's a great game. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. You can play it uh, serious or you can play it casually. You can play it short-term or long-term. I cannot stress enough how terrific a game uh, this is. Definitely an awesome system. Want to play more. And the ent entry, the cost of entry is pretty low, so that makes it even more appealing. And Light, you're the one that ran it. So from a, the Dungeon Master's perspective? You know, with the um, adventures that we ran and the future adventures that we will be running, again, very easy, very minimal prep. 
lots of fun to set up and play. And like I said, with the system and the way that Mike has written the, the different modules and such, you don't need a lot of prep time versus some of the other modules that we played where you got to sort of decipher all the ins and outs and the spine of the module for, for these. You can pick it up and up and running and people can be having fun real, real quick. So definitely um, something that I enjoyed running and um, very easy to go with the flow of the game. My final thoughts is I thought it was fun. The system's great and easy. Loved every minute of the game. I had a lot of fun. I played with a great group. It was a really fun game. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, I'm going to ask you, please tell others about it. Share with your friends and family. Follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. That really helps. Thank you, everyone who has left us positive reviews so far. Those are so helpful. Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com, but what we focus on is the podcast. We've also started a Patreon. We're going to have a lot more up at the Patreon here soon. So if you can, it costs us a little bit of money out of our pockets to keep this going. Any support would be really appreciated. It's patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always keep those dice rolling yeah and roll low if you're playing barbarians <laughs>